can hear dead people. Are you fucking kidding me? Girl? You can't charge people for this. It's a gift. Carol, all I want to do right now is sleep. Trinity, you're in danger, girl. Hello and welcome to You'll Probably Agree. Today we have Molly Hewitt who directed Holy Trinity. Uh, I just saw this movie like a couple days ago. Yeah. Uh, and how do I, I get, I don't know how to explain the plot exactly because it's okay. not a movie where you just see it and you go, got it, you know. <laughs> but uh, I was wondering, could you tell me a little bit about the film? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I guess to sum it up, it's about a dominatrix who huffs the contents of a magic aerosol can and develops the ability to speak to the dead. Okay, so this is, yeah, because when I saw it, this movie kind of reminded me, it was like a mixture of like a funny version of The Sixth Sense. It was also mm -hmm. a little bit like train spotting. And uh, you ever see, if you've ever seen Party Monster, uh, mm -hmm. with, yeah, like it definitely had that same exact color scheme. Like out of all those, like were any of those like an influence on the picture or was it just like your own vision completely? Um, none of those specifically, no. Um, <laughs> okay, so. But I definitely, yeah, I definitely have influences, but I also am pretty pleased to say that I think that it's like a pretty original yeah. film. Exactly, yeah. So you do your own thing, you don't just like to copy what other, what other artists do then. Um, I actually, I don't think that I'm, I'm like not afraid to copy people yeah. or be influenced by people. Yeah. I feel like there is like an immense amount of pressure for people to like, for artists to do something that's like never been done before. Yeah. But I definitely will like copy people, but I, but I think maybe just with that openness I end up getting to a place where I'm doing something original. Yeah, yeah. So what, what do you think uh, the difference is like when someone makes a movie where they're either copying something or paying homage to it, making it their own? Um, I feel like, I feel like it's a case-by-case case thing, just depending yeah. on like how much of a difference there is between it. Yeah. But I feel like my kind of rule is like, it's okay to copy if you're honest about it. Like right. if you include it in like the title and the description as like literally being like, I'm reenacting this or paying homage to, or if asked being like, oh yeah, straight up I took that oh. um, versus like try pretending that yeah exactly you know yeah. pretending that you had no idea <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah there, I mean there was like some like for instance I was talking to uh, one of my uh, fellow critics recently we were talking about it chapter two and like there's literally a scene in there where it just felt like they were straight up ripping off like uh, a scene from the thing where like the guy's head comes off and the tentacles come out. Yeah. You know, the other guy turns around and goes, you gotta be fucking shitting me. Yeah. And we're both just like, okay, that's not paying homage. You're just ripping that's off copying. another scene. Yeah, yeah. But then if you see something like a Paul Thomas Anderson film, like he might take elements from like Wages of Fear with There Will Be Blood and, you know, maybe even some of the plot of tre The Treasure of Sierra Madre, but then he kind of makes it his own thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, th there's definitely a stark difference between the uh, two. Now, one thing I really liked about your movie is that you don't see a lot of... This is a film that was, stars an entirely LGBTQ uh, cast. And, you know, I'm going to guess it had an LGBTQ uh, crew in it as well, mm -hmm. which is something like I never like really see in movies. Um, what... Um, how was... Um, 
how do I, how do I put this? Do, do you think Hollywood really has inclusion today when it comes to uh, including folks in the LGBTQ community or anywhere else? Or are they just kind of like, you know, make it pretending to be diverse just so then they can get quick ticket sales? Um, I think that it's it's like a mixture because I think that it's very like, it's people are finally taking diversity seriously, but I also think it's trendy. Yeah. And so I think that people are a lot of like high up Hollywood people are doing it to like save face, sell tickets, make sure that people don't like cancel them. Um, and so then people are minorities are benefit, benefiting from that. And I and I say like go for it, ride that wave. But it's important that that is actually like taken seriously. And so it's like maybe there are more diverse castings happening but then you know is it the same behind the camera are there equal wages yeah i just think we're still very far off and i think that right now it's definitely um it's definitely in a place where it's like it's it's like suspicious like it's like is this just for show or is it you know or is it really like because we care about like listening to minority voices um but i think that like there are more and more movies coming out that are that are hitting the mark in terms of like doing it the right way. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> which which films would you say, for instance, are, are doing it correctly? Um, well, a movie that just came out, uh, Hustlers. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's yeah. like, I mean, it's like you're always gonna run into problems, but they um, worked with real sex workers, real strippers. They're in the movie. Yeah. Um, they. Uh, so like in terms of who they hired and who they paid and who they listened to and like the and I saw the movie recently and it's also like there is a lot of women and women of color and the main actress is a woman of color and um, it's just and in terms of the tone of it it's like not demonizing sex work but it's also not making it look like this like glamorous easy lifestyle it's like very real yeah um, but then there's also problems like the strip club that they filmed in when they rented it out the strip club owned owners got all the money and then all the strippers who work there were essentially out of work for however long it took to shoot it. Really? Which is kind of just like, that's how it works because strippers yeah. are independent contractors, yeah. but it's like, you know, and then on top of that too, I don't see any hustlers advertisements that are like uh, informing people about Foster Sesta and other like sex work yeah. political issues and like using their platform or maybe like donating money. Um, so just things like that, where it's kind of like, yeah. it's like yes, 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 but then like majorly no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What was the movie that won an Academy Award uh, for Best Foreign Language? It was like two years ago, and it was actually about uh, someone who was transgender. I think it was called like A Wonderful Woman or something like that. And that was. Oh, uh, I, yeah. don't, I don't remember the exact title, but I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you see that one? No? Oh, you gotta check it out. It's, it's really freaking good. But, uh, yeah, the, 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 um, the other thing that you included that I really liked in this movie was when I first saw it, before I read, like, the whole press packet that said it takes place in Chicago, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, is this movie taking place in an alternate universe, perhaps, where uh, it seems like people from the LGBTQ community who's usually uh, marginalized and not accepted uh, wherever they are, they kind of went to this place in Europe, because, uh, I mean, from what I read, you're originally from Europe, and then you came to Chicago, and uh, 
uh, I noticed the currency is Euro there, but also mm-hmm. it kind of had this Midwest feel with some of the uh, locales in it. Yeah. So where, where does this movie exactly take place? Does it literally take place in Chicago, or is it like an alternate, like sort of Chicago? It's the, I think it's like an alternate universe Chicago. Yeah. I think that I wanted to include in the description that it was made in Chicago just as like a shout out, like yeah. Chicago people made this, like yeah. Yeah. this is a special place. Um, but it's definitely, you know, my idea behind making it this sort of surreal, colorful place is that it is, you know, the entire world and characters is the LGBTQ community. And instead of kind of just making it this like normalized, like, you know, like we're just like you sort of thing. It's like, no, not really actually. My life looks really different and I wanted it to be this like weird colorful different environment and having the euros as currency kind of like throws it off and makes it like non-placeable because it's mm-hmm. like feels like you said it feels midwestern yeah but then you're like wait where is this and yeah. i think i also did that for myself just because my identity is like all over the place like i don't really feel like i'm from anywhere specifically but i'm from a lot of places mm. like i'm from like london la and chicago and so so that I don't have to really explain my like weird accent, I was just like Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did notice the accent went yeah. between American and then uh, English, like in between. I don't know if that was uh, intentional or not. In it's the film. not. That's just yeah. the way that I talk, and yeah, I yeah. didn't want to have to be really consciously like changing. And so I was yeah. like, if I make it Euros, then it's this Im- like ambiguous kind of. Because that's just what yeah. I sound like, and yeah. I don't like to be too conscious of the way that I'm talking, so... You don't want to put on, like, a big bullshit voice or something yeah. like that for the crowd, you know? <laughs> exactly. You, you don't want to be like, 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 God, I'm thinking of, like, some actors who just, like, like ruin... Like, like, whenever Ewan McGregor does, like, an American accent, it's like, sometimes it's on, but then sometimes it's totally off, where he's like, I'm American, I'm going to pronounce everything as flat as possible. Totally. Like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, uh, I don't know about him and Dr. Sleep. We'll see. I'm excited about Oh, yeah, it's the sequel to The Shining. But, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, they got that. Oh, and I noticed uh, the one thing. Oh, one thing I really liked about this is, I don't know if you've ever seen Short Bus, but this movie is like, like Short Bus, it's like a celebration of BDSM. It's a celebration of sex where, like, so many movies, they take sex and they always turn it into this you know, taboo, sort of bad place to go, you know, that, you know, they relate it to torture or something like that. You know, like if you think about like Pulp Fiction, for instance, with like The Gimp. What, what yeah. was, it? yeah, what, what was uh, the reason where you wanted to actually show sexuality as like a, a form of freedom? Um, yeah, that's a really great way to put it. I feel like Um, BDSM so often does get this kind of like association with uh, trauma in a negative way Um, and this idea that like you're doing that because you're fucked up whereas like first of all people don't always partake in those activities because they're like fucked up but a lot of the time they do um, stem your sexual desires stem from childhood trauma and it can be like incredibly healing when it's in like a consensual environment you know a lot of people like work out their past 
issues through that and like heal and grow and um, you know I feel like we all live in a society that has like so many pressures and yeah. so many insane power dynamics that we're fighting every day and this is like an area in which you can like play and experiment with those and like get relief by like being the opposite of what you are in real life and it's it has such a negative connotation because it's like because it's not like marital uh, baby making sex. And I feel like that's <laughs> anything that's yeah. not that, especially in this country is considered like a taboo. When really I'm kind of like, who isn't into some, everyone has a thing that they're into. We, and we it's like, why is it? We have our own it? desires. I mean, we're, exactly. we're, we're mammals. We want to have sex. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know, but every movie is like, no, unless it's like a nuclear leave it to beaver family, like nobody yeah. cares. And I feel like too, we, you know, everything that we do in our society is like a capitalist society is so twisted and unnatural and bad for us that it's like well then of course we're gonna then have some like weird desires to go along with that mm -hmm. like it's an it's a direct response to the lives that we live and I don't think that we should be made to feel guilty for that no absolutely not no because that, that was a nice thing I saw it I'm like yeah like folks get to just be who they want to be like when when you saw church in the film church isn't a place that's filled with with fear and anxiety and you know because church as, as we know it's always just a place that pretends that God loves everyone but at the end God loves everyone unless you know, gay, black, Jewish, Muslim, whatever. And here, it's like churches, th th this place where people get to have these glam shows and they get to dance and, and do whatever the hell they want. And th that was a beautiful thing to see. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but I guess, uh, the, so this movie, was this a Kickstarter film? Because I noticed that in the credits. So how, how did this, how did this uh, come about? Because I was watching some of your Vimeo stuff. And, yes. you know, it's, it's interesting. Are you normally like a burlesque dancer or... Rick, well, um, I'm a performance artist. Okay, I would okay. I'm sorry. I don't want to. <laughs> no, it's okay. Yeah. I would. I would. Um, I just use that as an umbrella term because I definitely yeah. incorporate. I've incorporated aspects of burlesque into yeah, my yeah. performances. Um, I also do drag. Um, I also do have done like butoh inspired performances, which yeah. is like a movement work thing. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, to go back to your original question, I it was initially a Kickstarter project, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so we shot the church scene first mm -hmm. um, as like a proof of concept and like mm. to kind of show people like what is possible. And then I made a Kickstarter video that was like interviews with the cast and crew and then parts of that footage, mm. um, and that really kind of like kickstarted the initial funding for the project. So, so what was the uh, what, what was the process like in getting this film made? Um, it was hard. It's really hard to make a movie for not very much money. I mean, to me, really? to no, me, <laughs> right? To me, it seemed like a lot of money. Um, but in terms of making a movie, I mean, like I went to a uh, so the movie premiered at Outfest, yeah. And I went to a DGA luncheon that they held for all of us, and they were talking about um, the benefits of being in the DGA with like a low budget movie, and they were like, you know, a low budget movie like eleven million, <laughs> and every everyone just like started laughing because yeah. like everybody there is like eleven million, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's hard, and it's hard because. Um, and that's, yeah, a weird part of filmmaking is it, it, there's so, until you get into it, you don't realize how many aspects that there are that need to be thought of. Yeah, yeah. So, so when, you're, when you're actually making the movie, you're in the production end of it, how was that? 
Like how how like is this like your first feature film you made? Yeah. So what what was that like making your first feature as someone who wants to make his first feature? I'm wondering what what should I expect? Um. Well, it's like. It's a full-time job. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> and more, I was more also than just, yeah. more than a full-time yeah. job. I was also obviously in it, and I was yeah. producing it, and I yeah. was also doing a lot of uh, props and costume stuff as well. Um, mostly, I was trying to get that stuff done beforehand so that I could focus on acting and directing. But um, it's kind of just like a whirlwind, but it's also amazing. It's yeah. like really like the ultimate way to be creative. It's like you're collaborating and you're totally immersed in it. And it's like, um, yeah, there's so many different, that's why making a film is so amazing because it's different from different art forms or like, you know, anything that's time-based is that like, mm -hmm. you can add so many elements and like even just changing a shot slightly will communicate a completely different emotion. And yeah. there's like, a, you know, an infinite number of possibilities to be thinking about. So it's daunting, but it's also really like the best thing ever. No. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, that, that, that is one thing I always love just when I'm making my stupid little short films is that, you know, you do get immersed in that world and you become, you wear every hat essentially, from totally. what I can tell. I mean, you, you are writing it, you're directing it, you're producing it, you're starring in it. Um, what, what was that like having to go between, like behind the camera and then in front of it? Which I'm um, sure you have not gotten asked this question a million times before at every <laughs> festival. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I like talking about it because it was a really unusual experience because yeah. my, uh, well, I think the key to that is, and I mean, everyone should do this, but especially in my situation is that you need a crew that you yeah. trust yep. to like know what your vision is. And so my really good friend, Mood Killer, who did the production design, is kind of like the only person that I would trust to sort of do my Aesthetic, but maybe even like better than I would have done it. Uh, yeah. um, and then uh, Greg Stephen Ray, who's my DP. Again, we have very similar aesthetics, and he just kind of like he just like knows. Yeah, he he like knows exactly what I'm thinking of, and very rarely would he set something up, and I would be like, no, not at all. Um, and then my uh, AD. Judy was also amazing. She kind of came into the picture like later on, but like we all kind of like tapped into it. And like when you're performing, you really have like a limited capacity to do anything else. And it's the most important thing because it's like you have an amazing movie that's like looks great, but if like the performance is not good, then it falls flat. Yeah. And so um, they kind of fused into the into like a three person director. Yeah. And a lot of the time, I just kind of had to be like, I trust you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when uh, you're, so what was I gonna say? Oh yes, there, there's. I noticed that there's sort of like, you have the whole theme of spirituality and faith and connecting to the dead. Um, what I was, what I interpreted from it is that in the end, you know, we're trying to find some metaphysical way to connect to people that we love, that we no longer have, but in the end it's the people that we currently have that make our lives matter. I was wondering, what is your viewpoint on spirituality? Um, damn, that's kind of like a huge question. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta okay. throw that curveball. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, I, well, I mean, I really like what you just said. I mean, I do think it's really important to like think of the people who have come before us. And of course, to like honor the memory of people, yeah. um, but 
definitely like valuing the people that we have like right here. Yeah. And I guess okay, I guess that's how I feel about spirituality is that like the most important thing is people. Yeah. Like more important than anything is community and I feel like that's why people are drawn to organized religions a lot is because mm. it's people and community and I think that as as like animals we need that for our well-being. Like we need support and community and help and like love and to be around people. And a lot of the times it's really easy for it to be kind of like, oh, here, go to this place. There's going to be all these people and we're going to tell you exactly what to do. And there's yeah. a book, there's instructions. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so I feel like I think spirituality, you know, because there's, there's lots of different places in which I find my own religion and spirituality. Yeah. And it always involves, you know, being around my friends and loved ones. Yeah. So th as this film does define freedom as being who you want to be in life, how would you define freedom? I think that freedom is being being free to be whoever you want and that means being yeah. free from fear. Yeah. Not being afraid of being in, you know, being in danger um, as a queer person, um, yeah. especially trans women and trans women of color. Um, just existing is dangerous yeah. and I think that being truly free means being able to like exist and be in a space where you're not like so aware of yourself and you're just like able to be without being worried of like outside forces. Alright so I'm gonna go to the lighter portion of the interview now. <laughs> now that we got all the that heavy stuff out of the way. Um, are you ready? Could you are you are you down to doing some uh, rapid fire questions? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing personal. This is all just like light movie stuff. This yes. isn't just like all right. Sure. So, uh, define your film in like one brief sentence or like a log line. <laughs> Defining my film. Okay. Uh, it's. That was not an easy question. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it gets easier after this. Cool. Um. It's a lot. It's a lot of different things. It's a lot of yeah. uh, color, topics, expressions, mm. people, religion, sex, queerness. Awesome. <laughs> Just right. mainly words <laughs> strung together. But yeah. absolutely. Uh, what's your favorite movie? My favorite movie right now, I would say, is Brazil. Yeah. That's a good choice. I think that it's very has been very like influential to me. I was gonna say Terry Gilliam seems like an influence in your movie. Definitely. I could see a lot of sort of that. Uh, you have the camera moving a l around a lot, getting like in and out, of, especially when they're huffing the bag. Like that was very much a Terry Gilliam shot. Mm -hmm. uh, and like the the close-ups with the wide lens sort mm -hmm, of thing, and mm -hmm. like yeah. yeah. Yes. Definitely. And also, like, subject-wise, that kind of, like, dystopian future, like, mm -hmm. bureaucratic nightmare world. <laughs> yeah. And here, this is this is the opposite. This is a happy world. You know, like, even the priest is gay, and, you know, he's not going, and he's not, and he's not like, oh, I'm gay, I'm going to go, you know, fuck the altar boy now. Like, he's actually, like, a good guy, you know? <laughs> I mean, I guess that, that particular, that was more of, like, yeah. a critique just because the priest was, like, not very helpful. Yeah. I mean, I guess I don't want to reveal too much. Much, so okay. I won't yeah, talk yeah, yeah. about it, but that's like an interesting interpretation that you had. Yeah. But <laughs> well, I got it wrong. And right. also the 
and the dystopian. No, no. There's, there's no, there's no wrong. Okay. But and then the dystopian. I mean, more of like the the yeah. whole glam brand stuff is where yeah. I was thinking of that that like undertone that's maybe like outside of their personal world. It's not Coca-Cola. It's not Sprite. It's not you know Mountain Dew. This is glam brand. This yeah. is something that um, you know I keep using this word, but yeah, it's a, it's a sense of acceptance and freedom put within uh, product placement and consumerism in a way. I don't know. Or I'm just over-intellectualizing myself. Uh, okay. Uh, what's... Okay. Uh, favorite uh, director, I guess, uh, Terry Gilliam, right? I'll say that right now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, worst movie and worst director. Worst movie and director. I can't answer that question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no problem. Michael Bay uh, for me. Yeah, uh, okay, yeah. I'm going to go with Michael Bay. <laughs> I can tell you from personal experience, he's a piece of shit. I've heard awful things. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> what super popular movie have you never seen? A super popular movie I've never seen? Yeah. Um, and people are like, how can you have never seen that movie? Uh, I've never seen... Damn it, what have I never seen? Oh, well, I've never seen Hedwig and the Angry... Okay. Itch. I, I haven't either, so... <laughs> but that's, like, a really <laughs> big, like, iconic... <laughs> iconic uh, drag film, queer oh. film, that I feel like is almost, like... I can see how I your friends have would... Seen yeah. it. <laughs> and for, actually, until very recently, I hadn't seen the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I still haven't seen it. Really? Yeah, you I still have never seen it. You, ha you actually have to. Yeah, they got the thing in the music box, I I'm know. I'm giving for... you homework. Okay, okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll finally see it. I know, I haven't seen that in The Goonies and Gremlins, you know. You have yeah. to. Yeah. I think Rocky Horror is, is like, just super important, like, film -wise. Yeah. But, I mean, I, can't, I didn't watch it either. So. It, it gave birth to the, like, midnight movie sort of film movement of this 70s? Yeah, in the 70s, yeah. <laughs> um, so, what, uh, what, what's the most underrated film of all time for you? Most underrated film of all time... I I guess, okay, wait, maybe not underrated, but like, I'm just saying what pops into my head, but I recently saw this movie called Tampopo. Mm. Have you heard of it no. or seen it? I forget the director's name and I feel terrible about it, but Tampopo, it's a Japanese movie and it's kind of like, uh, it's like making fun of or pretending to be a spaghetti western, but it's about ramen. Really? Um, I think yeah. I might. I think I might know it's the poster. It's on Criterion. That. Yeah, I think I know. It has like a cartoon-looking poster. It sort of. It looks like a spaghetti western poster, but it's got ramen on it. Oh my god! I think I. Know, it's I, really good. I vaguely know what you're talking about. Uh, most overrated film of all time. Um, most overrated film of all time. Oh, this is so. It's so hard to like think of it at yeah. the moment, but <laughs> I feel like. I feel like there are so many of those films where you're just like, what? Why does everyone, is everyone yeah. so crazy about this? Um, okay, well, I can't. I'm okay. sorry, I'm so <laughs> bad question. at this. I said I was down, but no, I'm it's not okay. No, no, it's a, these are rapid fires. Uh, What's your most overrated movie? Ferris Bueller's Day Off. 
like that movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it just seemed like a movie about a rich white kid who just got around and got to do whatever he wanted. If it was about like a black kid, he'd just be in jail. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> just like all of John Hughes' movies are just about like rich white people. But floating around, having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like, because you know, like his dad got him like a job at like a like some sort of law firm or business thing. I don't know. And yeah. he And he's doing great. I don't know. Sorry, not to not to desecrate the dead, but fuck them. No, just <laughs> um, what's your uh, what's your favorite guilty pleasure film? My favorite guilty pleasure film is uh, this this movie that came out. I feel like it was in the '80s, but it's like a Barbie cartoon. Oh really? Like Barbie uh, started making movies, and they made these two short movies that they put together to make one film, but they're two separate things, and one of them is called. Barbie and it's like Barbie and the Sensations and then their band name inexplicably changes to Barbie and the Rockers halfway through the movie and they basically like have the first concert for world peace in outer space and um, this sounds when they're crazy it is when they're flying back to Earth, they accidentally go through like a time warp and end up back on Earth in the 50s (laughs) and then they like become famous and then they have to try and like rock their way back to the future. Oh my god. <laughs> you, you gotta give me the name of that. It was like Barbie goes... Barbie and the, it's like Barbie and the Sensations rocking back to Earth or something like that. I, I was gonna call it Barbie in space. It sounds like that at the beginning. They're yeah. like Barbie and the whatever. Yeah. yeah. The, first, the first concert in world in space for world peace. It's like this sounds like what the movie Spice World should have been, you know? Yeah. Um, That's also a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> I watched that recently. It's, oh really? Uh, maybe that's underrated movie, Spice World. <laughs> oh yeah, you see, uh, yeah, I was editing like these old Roger Ebert tapes, and like one of the movies was Spice World, and he gave it like a negative review. But I'm like, I don't know, man. It's actually like, he was, good. He was like really harsh on it. Yeah. Like he's like, oh, they don't have talent. I'm like, what would you know about singing, dude? No, but anyways. <laughs> um, so what film makes you cry? Um. Coco. Coco. That is okay. the last movie that I saw that really made about me like weep. Yeah. 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 The Disney the Disney movie about I like watching kids' movies a lot. Oh no, um, they're great. Toy Story Three I think emotionally like wrecked everybody. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but yeah, Coco yeah. was really amazing. That is a beautiful movie. And yeah. I was just like streaming <laughs> tears. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's the one I gotta see. There's a lot of Pixar knows what the hell they're doing. Um, are you okay, this might be a dumb question but are you a fan of anything nerdy anything nerdy yeah what constitutes as nerdy like like let's say uh oh doctor who doctor that's who. nerdy okay right? yeah i'm a huge doctor who fan ah, okay I, gr- it, I mean i, gr- I grew up UK? yeah <laughs> i've been watching it well it's like the longest running series like of all time and so i've been watching it like my whole life yeah yeah yeah, I, I, you know, say that's something like my mom's like real into that yeah. I never got it. You know? um, yeah, mine's Star Wars. Oh, um, I like Star Wars too. Oh, really? I'm, into Star Wars. I'm so worried about the new one. Like, yeah. I'm worried they're gonna use time travel in it, which oh, would be a really, ugh, god. That's a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, okay, what movie are you always torn on? Like, you know, I don't know if I like it. I don't know if I hate it. And you keep gotta go. You keep going back, but you still don't know how you feel. Um, I recently saw um, the movie Her Smell. Okay. Um, and I. Her Smell? Yeah. 
Oh, okay. That with um, Elizabeth Moss. Okay, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, does it come with smell vision? That's, that's terrible. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that was one of those movies where the whole time I was like stressed out because it was like watching somebody have like a psychological breakdown for like the entire movie. But then by the time by the end of it, I was like. I mean, it took it t t takes you on like an emotional journey, and so it was like a it was like a good movie that I enjoyed, but at the same time, it like stressed me out and made me feel bad, yeah. and so it was like you know, what am I trying to get out of watching a movie? And ultimately, if it's like I'm trying to watch art, then that was like a successful piece of art, but it also like was exhausting, and so yeah. I don't know. That's <laughs> no, a good absolutely. Alright, so, uh, da, da, da. oh, what's your favorite swear word? Um, fuck. Okay, <laughs> that's an easy one. <laughs> uh, Probably say it the most. Oh, yeah, <laughs> well, we all, especially on set. Fuck, the camera's not working. Fuck, this didn't work. Right. Yeah. I just get Tourette's. Uh, what film or director would you love to glam up? Uh, love to glam up. Um, like if there was a movie where you're like, oh, this would be great if there was like a glam version of this. Let's drop this. Well, so I don't really like or watch any of the like superhero movies, but recently I watched uh, yeah. The Dark Knight. Okay. And it was a really good okay. movie, <laughs> so but it was also just generally very like dark. Dreary. And so. Yeah. So you know, so I was, cause I was thinking to myself because I had also recently watched the Tim Burton Batman, yeah, and it looked really cool, but it was like really bad and it didn't make sense. The and so I was like, one? yeah, or, okay. And you so should I see was, Batman Returns. That movie's fucked up. Yeah, I no, I haven't seen yeah. that one. <laughs> oh, it, oh, it's you, it's weird. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a Tim Burton like circus freak show. Yeah. Wait, no, I'm wondering which one I actually saw. It, was it the one with Jack Nicholson? Yeah. Okay, that's the first one. That's the first one. Okay, yeah. well, I saw the first one. And it looked really cool. Like, it was, like, had obviously had Tim Burton written all over it, but then it yeah. just, like, didn't make sense. And so I was, like, I mean, that would be kind of glamming it up if it was, like, the aesthetics of that one, but on the dark like, well, how would you how would you redesign the Batmobile, then? Um... Would it be like pink and like shooting bubbles or something? I don't know. I think it would be the same color, but it would be just like rounder. Oh. It would be like squishy or. Oh, okay, yeah. Instead of like kind of that. The, the aerodynamic sleek, it would be like. Yeah. Round. Yeah, no, I see. Yeah, yeah. And the, the Tumblr, especially like in the Nolan films, is just like a mess. <laughs> it's just like, who the hell is a mechanic on that? <laughs> um. So, what's the most insulting casting of a white actor in a role that shouldn't have gone to a white actor, you think? Oh, God. I mean, I don't know if you can really measure what's more. I don't know if I, I yeah. could measure that because it's just happened so many times. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it's all, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be happening. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. I don't know if I can really say what the most offensive is, yeah. but I do, but I guess the like the most recent thing that comes to mind is the ghost in the shell. Yeah, Scarlett anything with Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. Especially because I feel like, and it's like not like I've read any of the articles, but I've seen article headlines that where she's saying that she believes that she should be able to play any character. Yeah, yeah. God, and she, I, I just feel I like, don't like her anymore. you know, I feel <laughs> like there's there's so many actors 
um, that could play the role, then the why are we continuing to give it to the same white actors? And I also yeah. think that in like a utopian world, any actor should be able to play any role, but like mm -hmm. only if there's equal opportunity. And yeah. so it's like, well, we're not having people of color play white people, so it shouldn't be the other way around. Yeah. You know, we're not having trans people play cis people, so it shouldn't be the other way around. Like, yeah. and until that happens, we can't really talk about like I should be able to do whatever I want because it's like, well, other people can't do whatever. Yeah, they it's want. like you got to do whatever you want for Forever, years. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I'm step down. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because no, especially with, with Scarlett Johansson. Uh, first off, defending Woody Allen is kind of. Ugh. Oh, I didn't know that that happened. Yeah, and uh, and then secondly, uh, what she says, I should be able to play any role I want, whenever I want. And this is like after she dropped out of some other movie where she was gonna play like a man or something. I don't know. Oh, it's interesting. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's like Scarlett Johansson would just be pleased if she got to play any role. Like, oh, my next film, I'm going to be a uh, black transgender, like whatever. Like, like yeah. Oh, really? I just think it's like not. It's not thinking about the bigger picture, and it's just kind of thinking about herself and her own career and being very yeah. self-righteous and like very like you know not looking past her own nose. And it's like, well, what about like. The community or the other actors that you work with, or it just feels very yeah. selfish. She just to wants me. to get an Oscar for playing something that's outside of her own skin. Maybe. And it's yeah. like, yeah, which uh, I guess that's a plug for her the skin, but I don't know. Uh, but no, I, I can't stand her. Uh, I don't know if you've ever uh, seen The Breakfast Club where they cast Mickey Rooney as like this stereotypical Asian guy. Like, they literally give him, like, the buck teeth and, like, the big glasses. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, and then uh, there's another one. I think it was called The Conqueror, where they cast John Wayne as Genghis oh, Khan. Oh, yeah, I know about that. Which is the most, I just think, on a, on a hilarious, inadvertently offensive, hilarious level. Mm -hmm. It's insane. Like, you know, Genghis got hello, pilgrim. I'm here to conquer this land. Like, oh, my God. And he didn't even try he even tried, it was just fucking yeah, John I have Wayne. Not seen that. Yeah, I've just seen the trailers, and I don't think I can sit for like three hours of that. Yeah. Um, so then, uh, okay, so I noticed like in a lot of your videos uh, on your Vimeo channel, you like to just kind of like make a mess of things, you know? Yes. <laughs> I've seen the I've seen a period where you literally took like a can of paint and just and just threw it around. What's like your favorite thing to just throw around? Um, my favorite thing to throw around is, I mean, I think that kind of, like, paint, yeah. that kind of texture, something that's, like, thick and goopy yeah. and messy, yeah. I definitely, like, yeah, have a thing that I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, that was, I made that video, uh, the eve of my 18th birthday. Oh my god. And I lost my security deposit over it. Uh, I could, I could see that. Did, 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 like, the landlords ask you, like, what happened? Yeah, and they're like, like, why is the know? grout in the bathroom <laughs> stained red? Just be like, I had my period. <laughs> I don't know. No. I was like, I told them that I dyed my hair. Oh. <laughs> they didn't see the footage yet. No. Oh, God. Yay, security deposits. All right. Uh, so, last question. If uh, you were to reboot or adapt your favorite property, what would it be and why? Wait, my favorite property? Yeah, like your favorite thing. Like it could be Batman, it could be The Avengers, it could be uh, Star Wars, it could be Doctor Who. Oh, like it's a whole thing, yeah. a whole franchise? Or like a movie. Or a like movie? Like it could just be one film. Isn't this kind of 
How, wait, is this similar to the other question? Yeah, it is. I just I noticed that as I was saying it. Um, I, I think we already answered the question. Yeah. yeah, Batman. But, uh, <laughs> or Doctor Who. Oh yeah. But no, Doctor Who is good the way that it is. I'll go with Batman. Okay, yeah, but redo Batman. How would how would you how would you make like a totally new version of Batman? Who would you cast as Batman? I would cast a. Uh, I would love to cast like a queer person as Batman. I think that oh would gosh. be really cool. Um, yeah, casting like a, having like a trans masculine Batman would be really sick, oh, yeah. or just like a woman as oh, Batman, my God. Did, just like gender gender bending yeah. Batman. Yeah, just just to see like the internet explode. Yeah, and, and it wouldn't be like upset. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would love that. That would oh, be my yeah. dream. I would love to make them all really upset. <laughs> <laughs> I, th that would definitely do the trick. Uh, we already got like insular men, like threatening film critic friends of mine who didn't like Joker. So. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, people need to calm down. Yeah, one of them. Uh, yeah, she, she. Um, yeah, because she, she, she's a, a transgender critic, and you know, you know how they can be. So they're just throwing stuff at her. But it's like, no, a lot of people don't like it now. Like, that Rotten Tomatoes number's dropping for a reason. Yeah, <laughs> but totally. Anyways, uh, before we take off, is there anything else you want to say about yourself, about your film? Um, just that it's premiering. I'm not sure when this video is going to be finished. It'll be, it'll be up like in a couple days. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, my movie is having its Chicago premiere next week at the Music Box on the 27th at 9.45 p.m. Go see it at the Music Box Everyone theater. should go and see it. And then there's in also Chicago. an encore screening on the 1st of October at 7 p.m. But that you should really come to the premiere. The whole cast and crew is going to be there. There'll be like a red carpet moment. It'll be amazing. Oh, that's are awesome. You, are you coming? I think so, yeah. You better. I think so. Yeah, yeah, fucking better. <laughs> I came on your show, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. In so many words, yes. yes. <laughs> I'm not politically correct, but yeah. That's fine. That's... Fine. Yeah, but no, 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 no. So, uh, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Glamhag, which is also my other name. Yeah. Um, and uh, I also have a website, www.glamhag.com. Um, yeah, if you just Google Glamhag, you'll find everything. My Vimeo is, is that. Okay. I'm all over the place. That's awesome. And you can find me at ypareviews.com, where you can find our podcast, our YouTube channel, our written material, and uh, yeah, that's about it. And <laughs> but no, thank you, Molly, so much for coming yes, on. Thank you for having me. Molly Hewitt, writer, director, producer, star of Holy Trinity. Uh, go check it out. It's going to premiere at the Music Box Theater on September 27th. And uh, you can go on their website and check it out. You can see her at glamhag.com. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Okay, great. And we will see you later. Thank you so much. Oh, and thank you, Galway Bay. Uh, this puts the dive in diversity. Uh, come here, grab a drink with a comic at nights, uh, and uh, get some, you know, just, just just take a load off, you know, and there's some video games stuff here too. Whatever, I'm terrible pitching this. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys, thank you so much. Thank you, James Webb, for doing camera. Thank you. All right. And you'll probably agree. Your husband says hi. <gasps> oh my God!